What's Better Today and welcome to the Leadership Advantage podcast by Dr. John Kenworthy. The Leadership Advantage isn't some magic pill or silver bullet to instant success as a leader, but I'm sharing the art and neuroscience of hacking expert leadership to unstuck your potential in life and work. Hey there, and welcome to this edition of the Leadership Advantage podcast. And we're looking at the neuroscience of re-inspiring your get up and go, or your mojo. Now, this is a longer podcast than normal, running out at about 30 minutes. So take your time with it. Uh, We've got a fantastic exercise at the end that is going to completely blow your mind. So I look forward to hearing back from you. In the meantime, let's get on with the neuroscience of re-inspiring your get up and go. We all want an inspirational leader. Someone to look up to, to give us hope and direction. A leader who engages us as individuals and treats us well. But most of all, They make us want to be better. What if that leader is you? And today you're feeling a bit blah. Everything's sort of meh. And you'd like to just hang in there for the time being and, well, let future self take responsibility for that. We all go through phases in life when our mood is uplifting, positive, dynamic, and we feel like we can conquer the world. And then there's that moment when everything is a little bland. And what would be really, really nice is if someone else would just take charge and be the one to inspire and engage and buck us up. To choose to switch your drive and motivation on so that you can inspire others. We're going to delve into the realm of neuroscience, of how your brain works. Learn what drives you and everybody else. And then we're going to take charge of the chemistry cocktail bar inside your brain. The neuroscience of your get up and go, otherwise known as your mojo. Your brain, sorry, your brain is not your best friend when it comes to feeling positive, enthusiastic and inspired. In fact, neuroscientific evidence shows that our brains are hardwired to make us feel mentally crappy most of the time. Let me geek out on some acronyms for a moment. It's interesting stuff. Briefly, your brain is survival-focused and it is controlled by the sympathetic nervous system, the SNS, and the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, the HPPA. Both the SNS and the HPPA are reactive systems, that is, They register any and every possible threat and fire you up chemically to respond. 
This is fantastically useful in keeping you safe, but it has the rather unpleasant side effect of making you feel anxious, stressed, disappointed and generally low-spirited. And today's living environment, for most of us, especially in urban areas, means that both your SNS and HPAA are fired up much of the time in response to the daily challenges you face on your daily commute, in noisy, crowded offices, surrounded by beeping devices and with a boss imposing impossible deadlines. Modern life is taking a large toll on your peace of mind. Yet you have another system available to you called the parasympathetic nervous system, PSNS. And when your PSNS takes charge, you feel great, calm, relaxed, chill, tranquil, clear-headed and, well, happy. Yes, the name of the sympathetic nervous system is a little misleading in our modern understanding of the word sympathetic, but it is the system that makes you feel stressed or basically crappy. Okay, so a quick summary here. Your brain automatically, or rather unconsciously, reacts to environmental stimuli through your sympathetic nervous system, SNS, and or your hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, HPAA, to prepare you to deal with any threats. Once that threat passes, or you choose to consciously engage it, your parasympathetic system, the PSS, switches on to calm you down and get back to other important stuff like digesting your food, maintaining homeostasis, slowing your heart rate, and so on. Just make a note that you can choose to consciously trigger the PSNS. I'll be back to this at the end. Before that, though, let's study what actually drives you. That is, what gets you getting up and going. We all have four basic human needs that are at the heart of practical neuroscience. Of course, your brain is an incredibly complex organ and variations of human behaviour are an endless ocean of subtle differences. But we can identify four neuroscientifically founded basic needs of human beings and how these influence our motivational behaviours and how we interact with the world around us. As human beings, we've developed to use the environment to its best and allow for reproduction and the furtherment of our species, basically our survival and growth. Our physiological needs that drive our physical survival, hunger, thirst and sleep, are well understood. Here, we're focusing on our psychological needs for our mental well-being and health, self-esteem, orientation and control, attachment and pleasure maximisation. Yeah, your four drivers, you have the need for self-esteem, its protection and its development. You have the need for orientation and control. 
You have a need for attachment and you have the need to maximize pleasure and avoid pain. Each of these stimulates different neuronal circuits and will activate different regions in the brain. But let me briefly share a little bit more about each of these needs and then we'll examine how we can consciously and deliberately affect them and hence our feeling of drive, inspiration and engagement. And you can easily remember this using the SOAP acronym, S-O-A-P. S, of course, is for self-esteem. Every healthy individual is constantly seeking to increase and protect their self-worth. Self-esteem is a specific human need and only possible through having the ability to reflect and be able to perceive this and bring it to your conscious attention. Our interactions with others enables us to form this self-image that is influenced by a complex network of interactions with others in the environment and their reactions and observations of us. We therefore develop a perception of our self-worth and a need to be valued and for value. For example, when a friend ignores you, and you notice this, for example, it is likely that you will question your own value to them, and hence the value that you bring to the relationship. When your boss tells you that you did a great job on that project, your self-worth increases and your value of that relationship increases. As Dale Carnegie put it many years ago in the classic How to Win Friends and Influence People, everyone wants to feel important. That includes you. So O of SOAP is for orientation and control. Everyone has a basic urge to be able to design and control their own environment. We need to know where we are going and how to keep ourselves on the right path to reach our chosen destination. A situation that is unclear and ambiguous stimulates a negative reaction in the limbic system of the brain, specifically in the amygdala. This in turn will stimulate an immediate fear reaction. If the resultant stress can be controlled and mastered, this may stimulate reward circuits and be saved as a learned memory. Otherwise, this can destabilise the neuronal circuits and trigger a negative cycle of thinking. What may matter more is not that you are actually able to control your environment, but that you believe that you control it. This is known as having an internal locus of control. When the locus of control is external, we'll blame everyone and anyone else and outside forces for what happens to us. And the big downside of an external locus of control is that even if they are to blame, they don't give a damn because they are in it for themselves and their own locus of control. 
In modern society, our greatest punishment, remember, is to remove or reduce a person's ability to control what happens to them by imprisoning them, beating them, or even executing them. A is for attachment. Our need for attachment is laid down at birth in our brain and memory. This means that our perceptions, behaviours and emotional reactions and their motivations can be laid down very early in life. This is directly linked to the availability of an attachment figure, usually one of the primary caregivers, your mum and dad, for normal social and emotional development. When this is not the case, this has a negative influence on the fulfilment of your need for attachment. Whether your primary caregiver wasn't there physically or emotionally doesn't make a great deal of difference. And lastly in our SOAP acronym, P is for pleasure maximization and conversely the avoidance of pain. We follow a simple logic to increase our pleasure and avoid unpleasurable, dangerous or painful experiences. Our experience over time gives rise to a whole network of mostly unconscious triggers and associations that are linked to either positive or negative experiences and our resultant pleasure or pain. Now, you may be seeking hedonistic pleasure, focusing on the more subjective experience of maximising personal pleasure and minimising personal pain. Or you could be having a eudynomic experience with a more rounded psychological well-being that encompasses the combination of the three other basic needs being fulfilled for a long-term meaning or purpose. Our subjective experiences colour our view of the world and each person has their own unique internal rating process based on their own unique previous experiences. In short, we strive to increase our belief of our own self-worth to ourselves and our perception of how others value us. We need to believe that we have some ability to control what happens to us and we need to feel cared for by another human being. Lastly, we seek to maximise the personal pleasure we derive from life and avoid unpleasant experiences. For us to be able to deliberately impact our feeling of drive, motivation, inspiration or engagement, we need to be able to fulfil these four needs in a way that satisfies us personally. And to understand that, we need to get back to those chemicals I talked about earlier. This is going to help us hack your thinking by knowing the main chemicals involved and what you can consciously and deliberately do to alter the cocktail mix that your SNS, HPAA and PSNS do unconsciously for you. So now it's time to geek out on some chemistry. What's chemistry got to do with my feeling driven and inspired? Well, everything. 
How you feel in any situation is your conscious interpretation of the physiological response of your body, triggered by the combination or the cocktail of chemicals released as a result of your conscious thinking and your SNS, PNS and HPAA and unconscious responses. It's a lot more complex than the five chemicals I'm talking about here, but understanding how these affect you will help you understand the essence of how a change in the balance of these chemicals inside you changes how you feel and hence your motivation and desires. You already know much about adrenaline and cortisol, your key stress hormones. And just in case you don't, I have a wonderful little whiteboard video you can watch about that. But you also have some happy chemicals, which are oxytocin, serotonin and dopamine. So here we are, the five chemicals you need to know about. Oxytocin. It's regarded as the love hormone. Makes you feel loved, trusted or cared for. Serotonin, closely linked with your mood amongst many other vital functions. It makes you feel proud, satisfied, content. Dopamine. Dopamine triggers the joyful hope of anticipated reward. It makes you feel, well, happy, joyful, driven or motivated. The two not so happy chemicals, cortisol, which is our main stress chemical, it makes you feel, well, stressed, anxious, uh, on edge. Adrenaline, well, that creates arousal and readiness to fight or fly. It makes you feel frightened, scared, angry, stronger, alert. Good times, bad times, you know I've had my share. Oh, sorry, a little Led Zeppelin slipping in there. Um, when our thinking and perception of the environment is associated positively to our own experiences, this triggers the release of our happy chemicals, serotonin, dopamine and or oxytocin. On the other side, when we feel stressed, anxious or upset about the fulfilment of our basic needs, the result is cortisol, norepinephrine, which is the brain's adrenaline, and adrenaline. On the positive side, increased self-esteem means you get more serotonin. When you have greater orientation and control, it means you have more dopamine. Having a trusted, loved attachment means more oxytocin. And when you maximize your pleasure, you get more dopamine. On the negative side, when you have lowered self-esteem, that means more cortisol. When you reduce your orientation and control, that means more cortisol. When you have little or you've reduced your attachment, you've lost trust with somebody, that increases adrenaline and pain increases adrenaline. Now, you, you have an approach to your four basic needs, but and it may not be the same as mine, of course. Generally speaking, I am a very positive and optimistic person. Someone else might be more negative and pessimistic about it. These two approaches are known as your motivational schemata. Okay, so motivational schemata. These are the instruments and the methods that a person will develop through their lifetime 
to help satisfy their basic needs and or to protect them. Within this, there are two base schemata. On the one hand, the approach schemata, which is the result of a person striving to fulfill their basic needs. On the other hand, if a person strives to protect their basic needs, this is known as an avoidance schema. John, what does this mean? Well, depending on your approach, you may be somebody who continuously seeks to fulfill your personal needs. Or you could be someone who focuses their attention on avoiding the bad things. Most of us are somewhere between the two. The way you speak, as in the actual words you use habitually, often reveal your schemata or your approach. By the way, neither of these is right, nor is one necessarily better than another, except to say that we tend to get in life what we focus on. Thus, if you focus on avoiding pay, you'll probably experience or certainly be more aware of more pain than someone who focuses in the exact same circumstances, but on pleasure. Dale Carnegie summed this up beautifully. Two men looked out from prison bars. One saw the mud, the other saw stars. So it really comes down to, are you happy or unhappy? Are you inspired or not inspired? Are you feeling engaged or disengaged? Happiness and engagement and inspiration is a perception of how well the world is matching your expectations and desires. There are days when we don't feel as if we're progressing towards our purpose. Heck, many people don't consciously know their purpose. But unconsciously, we are all aware of those days when something just isn't right. We have no sense of progress or fulfilment. These are the blah days. The days when we don't feel like getting up and going. The days when we have lost our mojo. Well, those days are days we have incongruity between our perception of the world and how well you have fulfilled your basic needs. Any mismatch between your current motivational schemata and your perception of the world defines your feelings, your behaviours and your actions, whether you act with the intention of fulfilling your needs or protecting what you perceive that you have. You sense a need for change. And maybe, just maybe, the world will see fit to make that change happen to you. Some call this luck, or karma, or synchronicity. But in 99.9% .9 of times, when that lady luck doesn't happen to call on you that day, you'll want to be able to pull yourself out of that funk and reignite your engines. And as a leader, it is your job to inspire others, to engage them and motivate them to do the things that matter. And that's awfully difficult to do when you're not feeling inspired, engaged or particularly motivated. And you already know that it's unlikely that someone else is going to lift you up right now. Sure, it would be nice. And I know that you deserve it. 
But here's the rub. Your boss isn't inspiring you because they ain't feeling it either. So let's choose to take charge of life and choose to switch the motivations on ourselves. Hey, we can even measure how well we are aligned to our basic needs by assessing how much each of the four needs matter to us personally and how well that is currently being fulfilled. On the show notes, I'm sharing a simple SOAP assessment tool that you can use to measure the congruity between your current work environment and your personal preferences. Now, this is going to be a whole lot easier for you if you already consciously know your own life purpose. That is, you are a eudaimonite. It's horrible to say. Perchance you don't have clarity on that, then I'll, I'll link you to a podcast again on the show notes and a guide for you. In the meantime, let's switch on your motivation engines, shall we? Uh, by the way, if you're busy paying attention to something else right now, like emailing, Facebook trawling, driving a vehicle, wait until you can take five minutes out. Just five minutes. I'll need your complete attention. Ready? Breathe. Yes, I said breathe. Deep, long, slow breaths in through your nose and blow it out from your mouth. Surely I'm kidding you. You've been doing this all the time and feeling meh. Yes, there is more to it, but right now just breathe. Give it a few more seconds of deep breathing. Powerful, huh? Breathing is your first step. Now, as you continue focusing attention on your breathing, I'd like you to touch your lips with your clean fingers. You might like to lick your lips with your tongue. Now, you can choose what to do for the next four minutes. You could practice deliberate physical and mental relaxation. You could meditate, pray, bring your attention towards sensations in your body. Focus attention on immediate sensory experiences and feelings, which is also called mindfulness. Just choose one of the five. I like to spend my time meditating on a verse from the Bible and praying to God. Whatever you choose, be aware of your breathing deeply in through the nose and blowing sharply out through your mouth. Pause the podcast and do it now. Safely, of course. Come back when you're done and I'll wrap this up with why it works. 
Good to have you back. Or maybe you're going to do it later, but make sure you take five minutes to do this. What just happened? Well, your brain needs a lot of oxygen because it burns a lot of energy. 20% of your body's calorie figure burn for a three pound mass. And you've just increased the availability of oxygen in your body and hence available to your brain. Breathing out sharply through your mouth reduces cortisol in your body, which reduces your stress and anxiety. Because you have taken executive control by deliberately choosing what to do instead of your body just reacting to the environment, you have reduced adrenaline production. Because your brain's now going, the threat must have passed. Because if you're not concerned about it, there can't be a threat. Now, with the two key stress hormones reduced, you then touched or licked your lips, which triggered your PSNS, the parasympathetic nervous system, to get working. Remember, this is the system that slows your heart rate and calms you down. You're clearing your thinking brain to consider positive, uplifting thoughts and ideas. Touching your own body, especially the lips, also stimulates the release of oxytocin. Better still, when you can do this with your life partner, uh, this makes you feel more loved, trusted or cared for and increases your feeling of attachment. Thinking positive, uplifting thoughts stimulates dopamine and serotonin production. And you are believing that you have taken charge of the situation, which increases your self-esteem and your sense of orientation and control. You will also begin to feel greater pleasure whilst reducing pain through this very simple exercise. So to find your mojo again, to find that inspiration, to find your motivation, take five. All it takes is five minutes to breathe and either pray or meditate, be mindful or simply be relaxed and regain that sense of control to engage and reignite the fires of your motivation. And if it doesn't happen in the first five minutes, take just five more. Be greatly blessed. I hope that you really enjoyed this episode and will share some highlights with the people you care about most. My team and I are working on a series of exciting new projects in this art and neuroscience of hacking expert leadership to unstuck your true potential in life and work. To learn more, visit leadershipadvantage.com or just search for Dr. John Kenworthy and connect with me.